All right, welcome back. We're here, um, thoughts and prayers. Uh, we are g- going to do our best today because we have lots of people in the studio, more than <laughs> usual. Uh, we have Pool House. Pool House, say hi and do some uh, plugging of your stuff, and then we'll move to the next guest. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm <laughs> happy to be here. It's Pool House. Uh, I'll be on good behavior tonight, I promise. Um, uh, check out Here Comes the Backlash at backlash.org. And- yeah, you know, you know where to find me. <laughs> yes, you can find um, our episodes with Pool House and episodes with many friends of Thoughts mm. and Prayers. Backlash and Thoughts and Prayers are absolutely sister podcasts. Sister so, um, and I guess we need we a playlist. Say- actually, we need to do a playlist. I think. Yeah, and we should also say at the top because we always forget to say it to go subscribe to our Substack. <laughs> We're doing um, premium episodes there now, so you get some uh, extra episodes, including the Basil episode, which was recent. Um, and we talk a lot of shit behind the paywall, so get in there if you <laughs> if you want to get it. Um, we also have the writer David Moulton with us. Hi, welcome back, Hi. David. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. He's a real life writer. T- tell them where they can get some of your bylines. Oh, um, go to Compact, and uh, yeah. So I had actually since I've been on here, I had another Compact piece on yes. AIDS that is goes a little more uh in depth on uh international aspects of AIDS so yeah uh, you can subscribe to compact I think it's like nine dollars some of my articles are paywalled now but uh they're totally worth it <laughs> they are totally worth it and hi I haven't let you said hi yet a how how are you how is your family and children oh what's up crew yeah no doing doing well over here it's always it's always an adventure so but excited to uh yeah talk about i don't jews and houthis is that is it houthis is that really how how we're saying yeah david start us off with the pronunciation okay i realized that as 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 we came in how what is the correct pronunciation uh i've heard it pronounced both ways I'm just going to go with Houthi personally because I, Houthi just, I, I don't know if I can really say that, but, but yeah. everyone Houthi feel free to pronounce black. it. They're like, oh, <laughs> however they makes them feel special. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I used to, actually, I'm going to look at what it is in Arabic again. Okay. Well, we're anyway, starting we're with talking. the Jew, we're starting with the, the Jew tunnels anyway. Um, a one of your one of your kinsmen, a Chicago rapper, tried to go in the the Chabad today. Did you see that? What one of my kinsmen? Well, just because they're from Chicago too. Oh, I was like, is this a Jew or like? Are, <laughs> no. are you insinuating that I'm a rapper? I wasn't. <laughs> no, a Chicago native rapper whose name I did not bother to look up oh. tried to go investigate. Was it Lil the- Dirk? No, no, I should look it up. I'm being dumb, not Chicago saying it. Anyway, he rapper. tried. He tried to go in today, and they they have, <laughs> there's this funny video of all these um, Jews like rushing, like mm-hmm. like freaking out and like pushing him out of the <laughs> famous Richard. I've never yes. heard. 
never heard of famous richard <laughs> but the video is really funny it's okay breaking news famous richard the chicago rapper just kicked out of the chabad headquarters in crown heights and there's all these guys in um the, you know the jew outfits the costumes kicking him out um <laughs> yeah i didn't even know you could walk in there like that so that was surprising to see that you could like just go in the building i haven't tried yet sorry guys <laughs> i don't make it to brooklyn often but you need to do anyway uh, intrepid investigations q well, i do do really lazy investigations <laughs> but I've, I've yet to go to the attempt to get into the crown heights uh habad myself um Wait, have you looked for a tunnel just near you i feel like there's probably like in manhattan there's probably other jew tunnels you could probably find one like on your way to work yeah i i have <laughs> thought a lot about like all the weird doors that are like mm -hmm. in the ground and stuff i mean there are like just okay like <laughs> there are literally a lot of tunnels under new york uh that are just like unused subway tracks and stuff like that so there is just like truly like infrastructure of tunnels underneath new york you know so all sorts of shit could be going on in there i don't know mm -hmm. well okay cool house let's since you're the most conspiracy filled why don't you start us off with you've had a couple weeks to marinate on this like what is your what is your take on the jew tunnels and i feel like for our <laughs> listeners we don't really have to clarify what we're talking about but they tried to build some tunnels under the habad headquarters in brooklyn which is kind okay. of like for the ignorant habad is just the center Habad yeah of the hasidic movement is that fair to say yeah of like okay. it's the major it's the center of the major hasidic movement yeah. they put their vatican in crown heights brooklyn which <laughs> seems like that's awesome. big big downgrade but that's that's the vatican <laughs> of the hasids is crown heights um but yeah take it away pool house what do you think you're our most you're a conspiracy expert i'd say i yes okay First of all, uh, as three gays, one Jew, I'm happy to be a part of this <laughs> summit. So thank you again uh, for having me. I okay. I, my take is going to be annoying because I think the whole thing was kind of a psyop. Let's okay. start though with this. What are these tunnels? I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's actually been clearly established. There's a few stories I've heard like what the tunnels are for. Let's just assume they're what everybody thinks they're for. Okay, like I think there's a there's a little truth in every tunnel. I feel like sometimes, so there's like probably something to some of this. Maybe, maybe not. Whatever. That is not the story to me. The story to me is like wait this... you mean, when you say what everyone when you say what everyone thinks they're for. You're talking about like blood libel, blood gentile. Baby what? Guys. No, I meant cheating oh. on real estate. Like I thought. Oh. That's <laughs> yes, okay. okay. Or maybe or maybe that or maybe that. I don't know. We don't. We the don't know. Right? The officials. The official story is cheating on real estate that is they went they went with that story which i don't mean to be anti-semitic but you know okay so it's like how they use the, their own like anti-semitic stereotypes as, as a defense sort of in this case yeah they were like whoa 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 we're just expanding our building without a permit okay so there's anti-semitic stereotypes all over this and i feel it's interesting to me that the new york police department those great uh you know brave investigators uh, uncovered this like whatever this like jew tunnel like the video gets all over twitter anytime a video is all over twitter you should feel very, very suspicious like why is why is this being driven right uh the videos of like Jew, like these old Hasidic guys, like climbing out of like the sewer grates and stuff. It's just like out, it's like off the charts, right? It's like off the charts, anti-Semitic. I yeah. think it's more, first of all, I don't know. There's, I, you know, I talked to Fitz about this on my show. I have a complicated feeling about what are, 
a Jew even is. There's a lot of different types of Jew, right? And so the idea that there could be uh, inter like nascent warfare between the Jews that maybe certain like I know political actors in Israel perhaps are uh, deflecting attention from themselves because of their terrible PR situation in the Middle East by creating you know scapegoats out of their people that they've traditionally honestly kind of treated poorly within the kind of hierarchy of Judaism. Like, and I want everyone to remember, I feel like these are the same, correct me if I'm wrong, but these are the same kind of guys that were really anti uh, COVID restrictions. They were like not getting vaccinated. Yes, they were kind of pushing true. back on this. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of these dissident uh, figures. So because of that, I do have like a little bit of like, uh, I guess, affinity or kind of like, I want to give them some leniency to a certain mm -hmm. degree. But again, there there is truth in every tunnel. So like, uh, <laughs> I showed a video, uh, article from Vice with me about uh, not this group, but a sort of a, a different Orthodox group and like kind of their history of like a pedophilia or whatever, which maybe is another implied kind of a theme with the tunnels, you know. Uh, Maybe there's something to that, but until it's like concrete proof, it just feels to me like this big, big, like kind of like, yeah, distraction and kind of very on the nose, like so, so, so on the nose, right? With these kind of like uh, just anti Semitic stereotypes. So I find it a little bit sus. Yeah, I mean, it, all the articles the next day were like Twitter flooded with anti Semitic tropes, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And so definitely, it definitely, yeah, like yeah. the timing of like, trying to make it like anti-semitism is on the rise yeah definitely feels mm -hmm. like mm. a thing yeah yeah but it's like it's weird because it's like the <laughs> it's like the worst anti-semitic stereotypes you could think of like <laughs> literally making coming Jewish... out of the sewer like that's a little <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah a little heavy-handed yeah almost yeah. yeah it's like literally like nazi propaganda videos like look like that I I'm also just, thought it was, yeah. go ahead, David, you, you chime in. Well, no, I was just going to say, like, I feel like in this case, there might be a philo-Semitic reading mm. of it in the sense mm. that the Hasidics were so opposed to COVID restrictions. Like, weren't they the only group of people in New York who were just like, no, we're not going along with this bullshit? And so they definitely they weren't the only. They definitely weren't the only ones, but they were the biggest, like most orga organized, organized group. Yeah, and there's like two hundred thousand Hasidic. Yeah, in New York, right. So yeah, yeah, that's huge. That's huge. And also, yeah, they so were they, the only organized group for sure that was like that big, where the leaders were saying we're right. not going to do it, and the right. leaders were vocally saying we are not going to comply. And they were, and they were, and I think that was something that was floated when the story came out. Was like, oh, these tunnels are actually to resist the mm -hmm. regime in the future, right? So we need to resist, and which I think is, you know, go for it, right? Like if you're the Amish, you can just go out in the country, but if you live in the city as a religious community like that, you're gonna need to cut yeah. some corners. Well, they said, the yeah, I mean, they were saying it was like to, yeah, to um, be able to worship during the lockdowns, but then it was also like the, they were saying the tunnels were only built like six months ago. So I guess, yeah, they could be preparing for some preparing? like future, future pandemic yeah. or something. But yeah, the timing of it doesn't really add no, up. There. And then uh, the other thing I was wondering about is what is the Hasidic's relationship to Zionism? Are they, because I know some Jews yeah. are anti-Zionist. Some very religious Jewish communities are also very anti-Zionist. Are they in that camp? Well, okay, I thought all Hasidic Jews were anti-Zionist because they believed the Jews aren't supposed to have a homeland, but friend of the pod, KB, corrected me that that is not the case, that there are conservative Jewish sects that okay. are um, Zionists. I, I 
it's very, I'm going to be honest with the listeners. It's very hard for me to part. Like once you're at the point where you have side curls, it's like very hard for me to parse like the different, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I'm well, not going to pretend. it might not be an appearance. The difference might not even appear, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, once, yeah. once you're in yeah, that yeah. level of like yeah, traditional yeah. garb, I'm like, I don't know. I can't tell you, like, I don't, I don't know the difference, you know, but. I mean, to there me, are, it I, seems like they, they, they must not be like super Zionist, right? I mean, they're like hyper religious people and, and they, they don't live in Israel, you know? I mean, I mean. Israel is like very aggressive about they want people to like move there and stuff, you know. But Israel doesn't the state project of Israel also really depend on like an international diaspora of you know of mm. uh, Jewish people? And so yeah, I, and they they actually yeah. do they do kind of evangelize in a way. They 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 don't try to convert you, but if you walk down the street and you're white they'll ask you if you're Jewish. They like the men stand on the sides of the street. And if you say yes, um, which I, I haven't done, but I know people who have just out of curiosity, they try to help you do mitzvahs. Um. Oh, like return to your people. Like is the implication that you're living wrong? As if you're just like- in No, they don't, they don't no. try to get oh. you to join their sect because you're already like, oh. fil- you're already like a filth, like sinner whore, but they like try to like, um, they try to get you to do like good deeds to be like good in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. But if you're not Jewish, they just like l- let you keep walking. So I also, okay, so yeah. yeah, I also Jehovah's Witnesses try to convert everyone. So they're, they're not trying to convert, but they are trying to get, they are trying to get Jews to do more Jewish stuff. Um, I also want to say that like, I have, I've talked to a bunch of gay guys about this, but I have no, I have seen gays, Jew, Hasidic Jews in gay clubs in Brooklyn. And I know of at least one person who had a threesome with a Hasidic Jew. Um, so, so they do. Ha- they do. the The women are very like locked down. Like Basil would really like this. Like they're in their own. They're like they're like locked in their their Brooklyn buildings. But the men the men do have some freedom. So who knows? Maybe it was for gay sex. You know, the t- tunnels could have been for that. I mean, the article that I know, this article from Vice from 2013 that A shared with me was, I, I don't, again, remember, I, like you, uh, Q, the, once they have the curls, it does, they all start to look the same to me, I guess. But like, this was about an Orthodox uh, group. I think it was in New York City. And it was in the, the mitzvahs, like in the spas, like this, like just culture of systematic like boy rape it was really graphic and shocking to read and the women essentially like are in a position where if they say anything they're kind of they can be excommunicated they can kind of be shut out so there is a very real some of the things that again that people are suspicious of those are very real and prevalent in like these communities i just don't know that that's what's happening you know in these specific tunnels because to me it's like why would they need tunnels if they have these like spas that that's what these are for it's like, really creepy you know but like yeah why the would you article was the article was extremely disturbing and graphic, but I, I also just I kind of come down on the side of sadly that like child abuse is just kind of a rampant societal problem. So I don't know. I mean, maybe this is like my Catholic defense, but I'm just like, I don't know if we can say like X, Y, and Z group is like worse than any other. No, no, I just, no. For sure. I just think I just think there's like a ton of sadly there's just a ton of child abuse well there was a big take going around recently that the catholic church was getting because if you remember i mean i grew up catholic and when i was like coming of age the catholic sex abuse scandals everywhere but now there's some revisionist takes that are like well the catholic church actually has a lower rate of child abuse than most other institutions and it was just getting scapegoated because it's 
I don't know. Well, yeah, it turned out the Boy Scouts was just like a teen boy prostitution ring for like <laughs> 60 years. And that's Mormon. And that's that's the Mormon. No, I don't know about that, but the, the Boy Scouts are heavily Mormon. So that might be. Yeah, I had some experiences with the Freemasons. I don't want to go into it, but just many groups to your to your guys's point. Many groups are like involved. So to me, yeah, I think that is kind of the point, though, because that was a lot of the go to. That was a lot of the conspiracy chatter. It was like, this is for like human trafficking or like, I don't know, like uh, what you kind of alluded to earlier, like a blood libel type of situation. And to me, it just seems like, I don't know, like unlikely. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there is something involved there. But I tend to think that some of these other explanations do make sense. And uh, I don't know. And again, why, why this prevalence of anti Semitic, like kind of narratives and imagery? I think they want a certain number of people to be anti-semitic i think they want to provoke that kind of tension well and then oh, there's the whole do. thing there's the whole thing about our catholics and jews like freemasons basically but that's well, a whole another no God. Hole. <laughs> <laughs> i mean I'm, i i love how like i love how like minute one i like i'm with you guys and i minute one i'm like they were probably worshiping moloch down there like i'm the one who said the most <laughs> anti-semitic down like minute one like and i'm with you guys who have like all the theories um but i i agree that like I think that with what's going on in Israel right now, because they are being, you know, tried for genocide or whatever in this really public way, it's not going very well. You might have, some of our listeners might have seen the clip of the young woman who was testifying and she was like, do not compare this genocide to our genocide. Like, oh my God. Oh yeah, that was pretty I didn't see that. I didn't even see that. It's pretty bad. And she realizes, she realizes pretty quickly what she said. There's also like, kind of a lot of cult. So I went to see the zone of interest yesterday, um, just very quickly. It's a Holocaust movie. They release like three a year always. And the very (laughs) discriminatory industry of Hollywood against Jews, as that letter informed us, um, (laughs) the worst place for a Jew to be is LA. Hollywood. Um, but yeah, they were, um, the movie is like, you know, definitely another, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't question anything about the Holocaust. It's completely like horrific, horrific, horrific movie. Um, and I just find it interesting. It's like the Jew tunnels. Then there's this big film that everyone's kind of going to see that's getting nominated for Oscars. It's about the Holocaust. And then Twitter is flooded with anti-Semitism. While at the same time, Israel's on trial for what many people are calling a genocide in Gaza. It does feel like they want, as Poolhouse pointed out, for there to be a certain level of kind of like undercurrent of um, sympathy for the for Jewish people and a belief that anti-Semitism is on the rise. And this story was kind of perfect for that, you know? I mean, because why else? Is, yeah, okay. They have sexy hoodies now. Why do they have that? <laughs> they they are luring, I think, a certain segment of the population for whatever, I would imagine, for like, yeah, increased polarization why are there movies about kind of civil war happening in america you know i think it's all kind of festering kind of from the same uh centralized conflict i know uh, it's an intentional kind of uh, dialectic what were you gonna what were you gonna say david about my oh, my, oh my, the connections well, i'm trying oh, to draw the, the, the well the anti-semitism thing i feel like that's just a way certainly on twitter and just maybe in general in america like the, the only way you can relate to anything is through either being for or against DEI stuff, right? Or being, mm-hmm. you know, you can either be woke or anti-woke and everything is filtered 
through that. And so, I mean, there's this war. I mean, I don't really think it's a genocide, but it's definitely like the worst war of the 21st century happening right now. Maybe it's like a gen. It's like a genolite, like L I T E. <laughs> well, it's a, let's just say I think it's an ethnic cleansing campaign. I mean, I think, and that's yeah. I don't. That's like considered an anti-Semitic trope, but it's like Haaretz. That's on the Israeli media is open about like this, right? It's they're actually they're not trying to kill Hamas. They're just trying to depopulate. Gaza, yeah, no, they, right? the, they, they've been open that they want to depopulate Gaza, for sure. Right, and so that's, I mean, I don't think they necessarily want to just kill two plus million people just outright. I think they'd rather have other countries take them, right? But that's still a country, right? And it's, so, but, but you can only, but you have to talk about this supposed rise of anti-Semitism rather than talking about that, right? You have to talk about, like, the hurt feelings of college students before you can talk about Gaza. I mean, that's just the way discourse in the U.S. works. Everything gets back to the hurt feelings of students because they pay so much money at these elite campuses. It, what they're paying for is to be the center of the discourse at all times, right? Well, and the donor, I mean, not to, this is not anti-Semitic, it's just true. The donor class at the elite schools is made up of, obviously, many Jewish people. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's just a lot of like yeah. overlap. Okay. I mean, I I will say like J- Jews in America have been and like I have nothing against individual Jews. I have a lot of Jewish friends. A is Jewish, Jewish, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm a, here. yeah. A is Jewish. My podcast host. We can say anything we want, right? But I I will say that of all of any of any um kind of oppressed group in America, like they have like the best PR, you know, because it's like the Holocaust is like the one thing you like can't like. It's like you can't say anything about it. You can't. In question what it. sense are Jewish people an oppressed group? Well, that's. I mean, that's what I'm. That's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of my point. Like the fact okay. that they've been right. Such uh, any a, minority, maybe. Right. They've been yeah. such a successful minority group. I right. mean, to their to their credit, in my opinion. Like I always say this. Like they sure. they've been very. Uh, they assimilated fast. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. learned the American system fast (laughs) and within a generation Mm -hmm. or two they were upwardly mobile mostly Mm -hmm. upper middle class like you know people and like it's like the only other group that's even sort of come close is like now it seems like you know the chinese americans like second and third generation are sort of reaching the same Mm -hmm. um kind of like class level but i mean i think it's i think in some ways it's like they they were sort of like the model immigrant group when they first started coming here and um but somehow as david pointed out <laughs> they we still have to every year read about rising anti-semitism and you know discrimination and against jewish people and, and it's like it's, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's been a, it's been a really yeah it's been an incredible like you know i mean no other group has people even still i feel like even like benign not even that racist people still say things like well was slavery that bad but like no one would ever no one would ever say anything (laughs) like that about like the holocaust you know what i mean or they wouldn't or they'd be banned pretty quickly they'd be banned yeah so i just think it's an an incredible strategy is all i'll say Well, is it anti-Semitic to say the Jews have a disproportionate uh, influence and like, uh, yeah, influence on American culture? Like to me, it seems like they're a small group of people, you know, and like the fact that I don't want to say they run Hollywood, that would be anti-Semitic, but I've heard, you know, a lot of Jews work in Hollywood and the news media and a lot of just like, uh, you know, marketing, mass communications, they tend to have like jobs in the like 
Music. organs of like mass yeah media yeah exactly so like to me like the fact that i don't know it's kind of like trannies in like the military how there's like so many agps <laughs> coming out of the military it's like very weird to me why there's so many uh, i guess like so much jewish influence and to me that's like really rubber it comes to like a head with things like this where they kind of like the, the media kind of expects everyone to kind of get in line behind israel and it's like well that's doesn't really make sense to a lot of americans just because it's not our country like we don't most americans don't have another country they consider home you know that's like right. also home you know that's a very right. different concept for most people i don't have well i mean country. that's such a paradox of republicans being like america first and then is, oh, but then you. they're exactly. like well no israel first you know like people that's one thing i've noticed about this course like you can shit on american foreign policy all day and republicans and democrats are fine like you can say the war in iraq was a crime mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. But then if you're like, uh, maybe Israel shouldn't be bombing hospitals, people get really offended in a way they don't. It's almost like there's this, and it's not just Jewish people. It's not just Jewish people. It's no. often Gentiles. Yet it's like jingoism uh, by proxy, right? Like America's such a pathetic empire that we can't mm -hmm. be jingoistic on our own behalf. We're jingoistic on behalf of this hyper-militarized, uh, crazy... Jewish supremacist state, right? Mm -hmm. And we're cheering them on. And it's it's like, I mean, Israel, oh, well, I was about to launch into Israel. So maybe, maybe I'll just stop there. I mean, it's fine. You could talk about it. I mean, it is weird. It's also weird that we're like very, like in Europe, if like a German person is like, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't move like 5 million Muslims into our country. We're like, you're a racist, but like, <laughs> the Jews get to have an ethno state and like everyone just falls in line. They're Not like, oh. just Germans, because you could say Germans, wow, you guys were so evil with Nazism. You don't get to control anything anymore. You need to do penance, but like, not just Germans, like Swedish. You or even like the Irish, those like poor, sad potato right. peasants right, 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 on that right. like sad yeah. rock. That's like all they have. It's considered more <laughs> racist for Western European countries to want to control their immigration policy than it is for Israel to mm -hmm. expel its native yeah. Muslim population. Like, whatever you think about immigration, and I'm a moderate on immigration, it seems like a, a country, if it's sovereign, should have the right to control its borders. And yet that's considered, like, racist. Right, that's racist, fascist. but then actually, Whereas like, Israel, kicking people out is not. <laughs> the Palestinians are not immigrants to Palestine, right? That is <laughs> no. where they live, right? Mm -hmm. So why... It's, it's, and don't it's, and don't it's, Muslims it's, in Israel or, or, or Arabs in Israel actually have sort of like a weird second class status yeah. anyway? Yeah. Well, it's, it's mm -hmm. imagine even, if, yeah. even if they're citizens. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because they don't, yeah, I mean, it's explicitly declared itself in the Knesset a Jewish state, and so like if America declared itself a Christian state, even if it didn't necessarily come with restricting a bunch of rights of Jewish people, I don't think. A Jewish minority would be fine with it, nor should they. Mm -hmm. right? right. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Israel question, the IQ. <laughs> um, I really encourage everyone to listen to the the fitness feelings episode with back on backlash because they go deep into it. But it is weird every time this happens to just watch a every politician from all sides of the aisle so intensely line up with Israel, so mm -hmm. vocally, every mm -hmm. single news station, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, mm -hmm. whatever you're watching, it's like there's, it's just mm -hmm. like, 
they all like fall in lockstep like immediately. all of them and the big accounts all everybody mm-hmm. you know on twitter every single media enter entity basically i i thought it was very surprising how many media figures be, be it like uh like alt media like i don't know like steve vanning had a tier or whatever or like a lot of the big influencers like the, the take sellers you know so to speak like they all like were in not even not like just the, the lib, libs of tiktok you know oh came out as like pro-israel and all yeah but stuff. even even people <laughs> even people more shocking than that like it really kind of like yeah. red pilled me in a new way because it's like all the based right wing can we name names or should like, we refrain from that <laughs> Can what? Name, say can it, we name say it. Name them. Name them. <laughs> well, like, the well, like I mean, like, like, the red, like, oh, red, yeah, scare, red scare. Yes. Yeah, they, red they scare, had a whole bad. Zionism episode. Everyone came, <laughs> like, everyone immediately just threw in with, with Zionism. They or, did. Honestly, like, I mean, I, okay. Well, I'm going to say it. I don't care. Whatever. Wesley Yang. I've been shocked at Wesley Yang, who I thought was more intelligent than this. It's just 100% just using this as another opportunity to pander to a right-wing audience. You know? I mean, Red, Red Scare's whole episode, which I listened to, was basically them saying that the Palestinians weren't even there when the Israel state was founded. So and that the and that the and that the the only reason there are Palestinians is because Arabs began to immigrate there after the Jews made an amazing, beautiful <laughs> capitalist country, which is like a completely I looked into it because I was like, is that true? Like I like I like I was like it was like that's I was like if that's true, that's crazy. And I like started reading about it and I was like, oh that's been like completely disproven. Like that is not true. And For then I was decades. like and then I was thinking about it and I was like, it doesn't even make sense because I'm like Jerusalem, like certainly that's been there for thousands of years. Like <laughs> someone like someone was living. What is the argument that there was just no one there before? Or that Yeah. That's yeah. what they said in the episode. Yeah, they were basically like they were like no one was there, and then the Jews went there and made a wonderful country, and then Arabs began to immigrate there because they wanted like the economic opportunities the Jews created. I mean that territory why. was called Palestine before it was called Israel. I mean, <laughs> you know, like that wasn't was, it owned by the British? I mean, was, I know it, it was, was like a British yeah, protectorate or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it was just it was shocking to see everyone pour in like that because I was I didn't expect that because I was like, weren't we doing like Zog like three weeks ago? Yeah. Like, you know, well, and the COVID people like the co- yeah. that's who I was oh, thinking of God. too. Yes. It's just like the like just mm-hmm. all and yeah, just like a lot of the free speech like COVID uh, like no you know no fifteen minute cities and no lockdowns except for like I guess in Gaza like it it was it was shocking <laughs> to me. There's I don't know a lot of people went very mask off and it was uh, it was. It shocked even me. I thought it was a cynic, you know? It was happening before I had even made up my mind. Like, I remember I was in, Mm -hmm. like, I'm in a group chat with you, David, and, like, I feel like we were, like, still sort of, like, and this actually sort of broke up that group chat a little bit, but it it reformed. But (laughs) but there was some drama. Mm -hmm. But basically, like, I was still trying to even figure out what the fuck was going on and, like, what my opinion even was. And then suddenly it's, like, all these people were just, like... Zionism's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. 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 that? <laughs> anyway. Well, I think, no. I mean, to me, it showed that, like, a lot of this so called, like, anti woke new formation was really just neoconservatism 2.0, right? Like, this is all the trajectory of neoconservatism was uh, supporting wars for Israel, if I could say that. Um, and so it just feels like this is just a reboot with a little crasser veneer, right? Of being like transgressive about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is interesting because it felt like the dissident rights space arose in part as a reaction to the first iteration of neocons, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But then it's like, it's not that hard to rope them back in as, yeah, so I guess I was I yeah. kind of disappointed in a lot of people's intelligence to come. Yeah. Like it just feels like people are really dumb if they're yeah. like, we hate Muslims, but let's give unconditional support to this country that's trying to expel millions of Muslims into our country. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. fine, hate mm -hmm. Muslims, I mean, well, I, but I, I don't support Israel unconditionally. I spoke to some of these people like that I actually know and like asked them like what it was about. And like, they basically just said that like, they're like, I... Basically, they're just like, I don't like Muslims, and right. <laughs> and right. like, and I'm never going to support Muslims on any uh, side of anything they're on, and like, I just have more in common with like the is like the Israeli right. like, culture or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not like unsympathetic to that, but I'm just sort of like, that can't be where you're thinking. Stop. Well, and they also like, do the, I mean? they also do the gay rights thing. Like, yeah. if you were lived in Palestine, <laughs> like you would be like hung out to dry or whatever. Right, yeah, right, 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 right. And uh, but it's yeah. I mean, I I've seen this happen now a few times since kind of being red pilled or whatever, where you see the fracturing of these dissident groups that emerge and they i mean it's done in different ways like there were people on the left like i guess myself before um and then like who who kind of woke up to the covid craziness but then after that you had like if you know when there's a school shooting or something and then they'll be like uh we need gun control and then you get people <laughs> back on the side of the government and then you have uh you have the uh roe versus wade overturned mm -hmm. and then you get people oh we know we need to join back up with the left because you know this is important whatever and so this is i guess sort of the same dynamic playing out like on the right like bringing these dissident right people back into the just more like normie mm -hmm. like right sphere mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like they did with, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's on both sides, right? Like we've seen Occupy Wall Street and the Tea Party people as like the progenitors of these two kind of like left and right movements. And they've all been gradually like brought back or a lot large percentages of them have been brought back into the fold. And each each wave is like a new like litmus test. It's like a new opportunity for all of us to get caught up in the, like the dragnet, you know, and sucked back up to the mothership. And that's why, uh, that's why it's so uh, disheartening to see so many of these big figures that like are kind of influential on the uh alternative the fringe you know internet's like kind of right or left kind of just being um so compromised so easily it's 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 discouraging well i don't want to be like too conspiracy pill but i'm also like if we follow the money it's like is peter thiel jewish <laughs> he is he's german he's he's no, he's not. I don't. Th I don't think he's Jewish, but no, he's he could be a Freemason. He's definitely a Freemason yeah. for sure. Yeah, I actually, I actually think he's like Catholic or something. I think oh he was God. raised by Protestant missionaries. I got that wrong. Um, yeah, I think he actually has a Christian background. I'm looking at it right, right now because yeah. that's the claim: is that they're all, they're all uh, in Teal's pocket. <laughs> Oh. I mean, I don't think he's Jewish, but that doesn't mean that he's not invested in in kind of channeling this dissident energy into a certain direction that's beneficial sure. to him. Yeah. 
Well, weren't he and Barry Weiss having a love fest over something about like Palantir was like going to do affirmative action for or something like that. I don't. I'm not. I don't. Know Sounds plausible, but that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He okay. You're right, David. He grew up in an evangelical household, but he describes his beliefs now as somewhat heterodox. Whatever the fuck that means. I believe Christianity is true, but I don't sort of feel a compelling need to convince other people of that. Okay, then you don't believe Christianity is true. So. Well, a lot of these people do have, like, <laughs> very... That's, like, that's a central tenet of Christianity. <laughs> well, is he, like, a Silicon Valley? Like, oh, these, like, I know, E-Accelerationists, you hear about those. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's, mm-hmm. uh, there's also on the right, you have kind of, like, uh, evangelical kind of Christians. A lot of people have uh, very apocalyptic views, and mm-hmm. that is weaponized and leveraged by this same conflict because there's a, you know, a, a belief that, you know, kind of like an end times situation could be <laughs> invoked even, you know, brought about to the benefit of some. Like, there, there are people who believe that. That's like, actually... It, a huge of part of the whole Zionist thing, right? Exactly. Is that yes, Israel, exactly. Uh, Jews Christian need to possess Zionist. that. Li- right, right. Mm-hmm. That, but but mm-hmm. it, but it's still about Jews, right? It's the belief that the Jews need to possess that land at the end times, right? Well, the Jews want to rebuild the temple, which will right. bring about, I guess, the coming of their Messiah. So, like, to them, I guess, yeah. I, I don't know the specifics of their, like, eschatology, but I do think, regardless, there's everyone has this kind of outcome that is, uh, re, you know, dependent on a big, like, bloody conflict. Possibly. I, I also think there's a degree where, like, the idea of that is just kind of constantly weaponized or dragged out. So people get sucked into this idea of, like, uh, there's end times, or there's gonna be this big struggle, and that can, like, go on, you know, you could suck that, like, you know, drink from that well, I guess, for a very long time. People can, right. people have thought the world's been ending for, like, 50 years, you know, since at least, like, the 70s. So, I don't know. It's very, uh, it's interesting. I'm gonna refrain oh, for the back something else to just just on Peter Thiel's page because it will it'll bring us into some space we don't need to get what into. no what <laughs> I mean I just think it's so weird I I don't maybe we'll redact this but, but it's just like did you guys know that his partner just died yes yes yeah the, yeah yeah in like mm-hmm. Miami or not something. The, not the not the a new partner because they're like one jumped out a window right? yeah that one that one jumped <laughs> yeah, out the jumped window, out right? a window oh, class a second one yeah. or no just the, the same one no, he was he got married in 2017. Unclear if he's still married to that man. And then this like other guy just died, and I didn't I didn't know that. Houseboy. I just, I just find that yeah, yeah, yeah. I just find that very weird when there's a sudden. You know what though? I I almost hate to say this because I kind of want to hate him, but I've read some things he's written, and I actually found them kind of insightful. And so, but I don't know if you're that rich if you're just paying ghostwriters to make you appear smart, or if you actually are smart and that's how you got rich. I don't know. I think it's safe to say that he can't be trusted, regardless sure. of his if insightful writing. <laughs> All right, let's get into the <laughs> let, let, let's get into the hooties because we've we've moved far away from dream okay. tunnels. So, okay. David, take it away. You have to okay. introduce this topic. How should I introduce it? Okay, so the who and I looked it up. It's Houthis. It is a okay. Uh, Houthis. Yes. Sorry, Houthis. Okay. Uh, no, that's fine. Um, I've heard it pronounced both ways, but <laughs> looking the Arabic, it looks like it should be a thought. Um, so, okay, so the way I got into this. So back before I was in any way right wing, back when I was on the left, I was really, my little area was Yemen, right? A lot of people on the left are like obsessed with Palestine. I was a little bit too, but then this was just a new area. So when I was like a member of a socialist group, 
I would research Yemen. I spoke, actually spoke at a few different Yemen solidarity rallies in like 2018, 2019. So this was kind of my area. Um, and I let it go um, during COVID, but getting back into it again. Um, so Yemen, okay. So Yemen first sort of caught my attention anyway. In 2017, um, there were reports of like this massive famine in Yemen of like 10 million people about to die because of the Saudi um, attack, right? There was this um, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates had Yemen under blockade, were bombing it. Oh, there were all these uh, alarming reports that everyone was about to die there. And so I started looking at them. Um, so Yemen is a country of like 30 million people on the uh, south uh, western edge of the Arabian Peninsula. And it's like the poorest country in the region. Um, it's like the, uh, the rest of the Gulf states, right? Like Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Oman are all super wealthy, run by these billionaires who don't really work at all. They just import all their proletariat from other countries, countries like Yemen, right? Um, and Yemen was always like, it's, okay, how to put this? It's, let's say it's a primitive place. It's run by tribes, never had really like a firm central government. During the Cold War, it was divided into two different countries. Um, and then uh, united after a civil war um, in 1990. So, okay, jump forward to 2011, right? Y'all remember the Arab Spring. Wait, can I ask you a quick question? Yemen's yeah, like yeah. super poor, even though it's really close to Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah, yeah. because they're, okay. yeah, so it's the poorest Arab country. It's the poorest Arab country. And they don't have any oil somehow, even no. though it's right there? They they don't have, I guess they do have a little bit of oil. They do have a okay. little bit I of think oil, but their main oil. resource is just like labor that they export okay. to, they export to um, other countries and then send back. Um, so 2011, right, you had all these uprisings in the Arab world, uh, Egypt, uh, Syria, What's that other country? Tunisia, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so Saleh, who was the president of Yemen at the time in 2011, um, had to step down. Then there was like this new settlement, 2014. Um, his successor was going to bring peace, but then the Houthis took over. Okay. So Houthis take over in 2014, and it's said that they're Iranian proxies, right? Iran is running the country, trying to take over the whole Middle East. That's the um, official story. It's a little more complicated than that, though. <laughs> so the Houthis are Shia, right? Um, they're the sect called Zaidi. that's sort of related to the mainline um, Shia sect of Iran, but slightly different. I don't actually really understand how Islamic sects work. Like, they worship in the same mosques as Sunnis and whatnot. So it's unclear exactly. But 2014, they take over the capital of Sana'a um, after, I think that the thing that like put them over the edge was the fuel prices were increased, right? And so standard of living is dropped for everyone in the country. Houthis take over. Um, and then Saudi Arabia right away starts bombing Yemen, trying to displace um, the Houthis is the official goal. 
But the bombing campaign really has the opposite effect, right? It tends to strengthen the support for the Houthis. Um, as people are attacked from outside, you tend to uh, support more of the people in charge. Um, so yeah, that happened in 2014. Um, Saudi Arabia never did really a ground invasion, right? So they were just sort of doing collective punishment, bombing, blockades, getting the country on the verge of starvation um, to try and make them, I guess the idea was they would have spontaneously overturn the Houthis and return it to um, someone sympathetic to the Saudi regime. But it didn't happen. It had the opposite effect, right? And that's kind of where we've been now. Um, so throughout their history, the Houthis gained support through being bombed by superior powers, right? Like going even all the way back to the 2000s, before they took control, the Saleh government of central Yemen was attacking them. And there's, so there's like this low grade civil war going on for about 10 years before they came to power. And they gained popularity through that, right? And then Saudi Arabia attacking them. Saudi Arabia, the richest country backed by other super wealthy countries against these uh, scrappy warlords, only increased their power, right? So now we're in this situation where the greatest power of all, right, the US, is now directly bombing them. And what's the effect? Of that going to be right? Is it is it because the U.S. is doing it, and we're so powerful? Are we finally going to be able to destroy them when no one else could? Before? Well, I I do want to say just because I watched um, Fox News before a little bit before we came on is that they're framing it as literally I'm not even kidding war with Iran. That was right. the that was the banner uh -huh. they they introduced the most recent bombings today. So. Which, and I think, okay. I mean, it's helpful to just frame any, basically any conflict in the Middle East. It's like Iran, Iran is opposed to the U.S. intervention in the Middle East. And that was like the whole kind of premise of throughout the um, 20th century, right? There was this whole like nationalist movement with Mossadegh. And then mm -hmm. uh, he was almost the president there and wanted to nationalize the oil industry the U.S. government couldn't have that, so they uh, they assassinated him, I believe, or, yeah. He was disposed in a coup. Yeah, they, they, coo they cooed yeah. him for sure. I'm yeah. not sure if they mm -hmm. assassinated him. But, uh, and then um, they reinstalled the monarchy, the Shah, and then, uh, and then the Iranian revolution happened in 1979 and that was when like the current regime came to power, the Ayatollah and the like Muslim government, everything. Right. And so they are not, they overthrew the U S allies there and are like uh, one of the only kind of regional powers there that is like actively opposed to U S interests. Have you heard the term axis of resistance? We'll sometimes hear that. And mm -hmm. it's, yeah, like if you if you if you get too deep into the weeds of like um, campism, um, different camps in the Middle East. So there's it's the actives of resistance, which is supposed to be like Iran, Hezbollah, um, and I guess Hamas, and uh, the Syrian president, 
uh, what's his name, Assad, mm-hmm. are, are like fighting U.S. imperialism in the region. I mean, it's an oversimplification. It's not to say those are all great guys, but you're sort of mm-hmm. that idea. And so the Houthis are now, are they a member of the axis of resistance? Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's framed like that. Well, yeah, I think you they... could probably throw Russia in there too. I mean, not necessarily Middle East, but like in that group of people, like Russia was supporting Assad, you know. Right, right, right. So. But it's worth mentioning, like as much as Iran and the U.S. are enemies, at times we also ally with them. Like at the end of the day, in order to defeat ISIS in uh, Iraq and Syria, the U.S. and Iran were actually on the same side. You know, they had right, to, to defeat. Right. And there's the whole issue of like, what even is ISIS? Are they sort of a creation <laughs> of the U.S. intelligence agencies? Um, and then, yeah, like there was the whole Iran-Contra thing with that was back in the Reagan administration, but where mm-hmm. they were supposedly our mortal enemies, but we were like selling them weapons and, you know, like mm-hmm. it's never mm-hmm. always like made 100 percent sense, you know. Well, and it's, there's no question that the Gulf states, at least, were arming ISIS. Qatar was definitely arming ISIS mm-hmm. and they're our allies. So it doesn't it doesn't always uh make a ton of sense right mm-hmm. so at various times like the cia had contacts with the houthis because they were a potential ally against al-qaeda mm-hmm. but then we were also arming al-qaeda in yemen directly yeah. <laughs> through uh our gulf state uh friends so it, it you know it gets very incoherent very quickly and so whenever someone wants to declare one particular group in the middle east is like the ultimate embodiment of evil you have to like roll this back a bit and point to like this is when the republican politicians you vote for were directly supporting this right so can i ask a quick question like a like a stupid like like again coming at this knowing nothing um why are they all of a sudden so important that they're blockading Mm -hmm. something yeah so well it's okay so and they're pirates? <laughs> so the movie's slogan is a little bit offensive. Like, I agree with Ben Shapiro. It's highly offensive. Uh, it's God is great, death to America, mm-hmm. death to uh, Israel, mm-hmm. a curse upon the, I'm not going to say it, J word. Um, Goes kind of hard. Yeah, no, they think really hard. Could so, be so worse. Whole, Could be worse. <laughs> so, was uh, yeah, hatred of Israel and the U.S. But I think it's a. I mean, that's very generic in the Arab mm-hmm. world, right? Like, like these tons of Arab countries just have regular Palestine solidarity rallies and have for you know as long as Israel's been around. And Yemen. Um, oh, one thing about. Yemen, back in like the early 90s, the president was on Saddam's side during the first Gulf War. And then so like a bunch of Yemenis were kicked out of the Gulf states because their president supported Saddam because he was seen as being like the last friend of the Palestinians mm-hmm. at that point. So Wait, Yemenis you can't you can't you can't forget to tell me why they matter right now, like in the last three weeks. Like why Oh, they- oh, because okay, so 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 that's always been the slogan, but now they're really taking it to the next level with this commercial shipping, right? Of saying like ships that go to Israel, we will uh, cap- kidnap them and, and destroy them. And have like, they done that? Like, have they killed, yeah. killed and kidnapped Americans? Um, okay, how many people? 
have they killed? I, sh I should know that. How many people have Houthis killed in? This current last couple weeks, because I know that we're like bombing them like crazy. Yeah, yeah. But the most important Which... thing is that they're like sexy twinks. <laughs> there's always a sex lectic, uh, yeah. but I think that is interesting, though, right? That there's just like insta, insta thought, like yeah. insta hoodie. Like I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and he's just a kid. Like he was like when they took over, he must have been like a little kid. Like. Yeah, so he's always up known as the Houthis, that guy. Um, so, okay, so I, okay, let's bracket the question of how many. I saw somewhere, but it was a left wing account, so I'm not saying this is right. It could just be like this romanticization of the third world uh, mm -hmm. freedom fighter, but saying like, oh, they haven't actually killed anyone. They're just disabling the ships, they're just taking the ships. And, Okay. Because I do feel like if they'd killed, I mean, this could be naive, but I do feel like if they'd killed Americans, it would be even more intense than it is. No. Yeah, no, they haven't said that. So, no, they're, they're not. So they're not, and they're only, I mean, this is the thing people say, well, isn't this intolerable that they're attacking global shipping? But as sort of, um, like, as brutal as they are, I think they're basically rational actors in the sense that they haven't been doing this for 10 years. They just started doing it because their stated reason makes sense. Like they're, it's out of solidarity with Gaza, right? I think uh, I think it's an op. Okay, I think the, I didn't know about the hoodies really till today, and that was really good, David. That was a deep explanation. It kind of confirmed all my suspicions. Uh, because okay, you mentioned like this uh, revolution in 2014 that felt like very Arab Spring coded to me. So I'm just like, okay, they had this kind of uprising. So it makes me think that these are like. Okay, this is what I think. Are there good hoodie? Are they good hoodies or bad hoodies? You know, like there was probably a time where they were uh, maybe more like rogue, more Gaddafi coded, more like uh, Saddam aligned or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like there's this reboot of the brand, right? Like, and it's kind of like hot hoodie, like uh, re reactionary, like whatever, like activists. They're better than the DSA, even at like organizing. They've blocked the, the channels. Right. But it's kind of like, are they actually aligned? Are they actually aligned uh, against the US or are they? performing a role in the Middle East conflict, because I think this all really does come down to Israel versus Iran. There's clearly this like uh, ramp up of like talk of a war with Iran. Right before I left San Francisco, I started seeing all of this propaganda, this like street art, you know, totally organic street art uh, about freeing Iran and how like women need to be like free in Iran. Yeah, and it's, like yeah. That's suspicious. And then all of a sudden the hoodies come and it's kind of just, like, again, just as they want to kind of, I think um, there's a narrative or a push to drive anti-Semitism, which this is linked to because this is like a, a, a glamorous, sexy, now anti-Semitic group doing okay, let's leftist be clear. There's been one sexy hootie. <laughs> I, I I've been a prominent figure in the whole thing, though. I mean, it's, <laughs> he's been it's every, the up everywhere, yeah. They found, who, they found Houthi Timothy Chalamet and they put him out there. But They did. Man, God bless. They're getting smart. They're getting smart about how to like allure uh, you know, teenage girls or whatever into this and, and the gays, I guess, obviously. But I, I don't know. To me, it's a very similar gesture, a similar playbook. It's like dramatizing this kind of conflict, which furthers the real goal, which is uh, an excuse to intervene, an excuse to do something about the people in Gaza, an excuse to bomb Iran. It's like a, a ratcheting up of these tensions with those outcomes, I think, kind of in well, mind. And I almost, I mean, I don't know. I tend to think, well, like the Houthis at every stage, going back to the early 90s, 
again, the attempts to crush them, although they were successful in like assassinating their leaders and so on, in the end, ultimately make them stronger. So is the U.S. smart enough to see into the future that we're intentionally making them stronger here? Or do they... You know, I don't know. Is Israel, though, is Israel smart enough? Yes, 100%. And would they have influence over U.S. foreign and military policy? 100%. Mossad's smart enough. Mossad Mossad (laughs) and, like, the U.S. State Department and all that have, I'll say this, have a much better ability to control the narrative of the conflict. And so when we get these things, like Houthi, Timothy, Chalamet... (laughs) To me, it is sort of more likely that this, if that is, if that image is everywhere, the State Department and the intelligence agencies are aware of it and on some level feel it benefits their agenda. That would be my well, point of view. Let me just say this. So before October 7th, things were going in this direction where, like, I mean, there's still sort of a civil war in Syria, but ISIS had been defeated. Um, things were actually moving, I believe, and again, I haven't followed it as much in recent years, but I believe things are moving more towards peace even with um, within Yemen. Like Houthis were taken off. The t- okay, I should know this better. I believe Houthis were taken off like the terror- official terrorism list. Mm-hmm. So we were moving sort of in the direction of peace in the Middle East. Actually, mm-hmm. Things between Iran and the Gulf states were tapering down. Saudi oh, wait, can, can I just stop you for one second? Yeah, yeah. Aren't, aren't we in some ways sort of moving toward quote unquote peace in the Middle East because the war in Syria, the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, like all of this stuff has essentially mm-hmm. weakened or knocked out any true rival to Israel besides Iran and the region at this point. Saudi Arabia is a U.S. ally. It's like, Mm -hmm. so isn't there, isn't some of this quote-unquote peace in the Middle East really just the kind of U.S. imperialist project has like kind of worked and there's really only one group left standing, which is Iran, to some extent. I think that's an interesting question. I mean, I don't know what, how much was planned Right. I mean, not, and maybe this wasn't all planned like that. I just mean, like, this is sort of what has happened, like, through a variety of, like, two decades of wars and whatever. You know what I mean? Like, post project for a new American century. It's a neoconservative agenda. The neoconservatives are, like, a subdivision of, like, APAC of Israeli policy. And so, like, I guess I should say, like, Judeo, like, Christian policy, right? Kind of evangelical or whatever as well. They are kind of carrying out the the work of them here and that has that was explicitly the plan it was like we're gonna go after like dominoes and there's like the wesley clark kind of like clip where he talks about this like middle eastern intervention strategy and it's like i mean what's and what is left we we didn't really win syria kind of well right what about like okay so hezbollah was strengthened during the syrian civil war and so Mm -hmm. in some places like it seemed like maybe that project didn't work entirely and we're heading towards some like political settlement detente with iran but then i think i mean i think what the events since october 7th have shown is that like the palestinian we talk about the jewish question the palestinian question is just going is until that is somehow solved and i hope you know in a peaceful way um, there's never going to be peace in the middle east because this is just like this intractable thing that israel 
it needs to be a Jewish state. And that's like an inherently violent project if you're forming a Jewish state on the backs of these non-Jews. Like, what are they supposed to do? Of course, they're going to fight back. So that's like an inherently unstable thing. Even if it dies down for a few years, it's going to pop up again. And then it's going, it's going to spread. And it's spreading now. It's spreading now. It's spreading now to Yemen right. and, and Lebanon. So it's just going to, yeah. I just hope they solve it quickly. I don't care, honestly, if it's peaceful or not. I just hope they <laughs> shit or get off the pot is kind of my perspective on the uh, the PQ, the, the Palestinian question. <laughs> well, they don't. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only reason they don't, because I've, I've thought about this. I'm like, why yeah. don't they just do the full ethnic cleanse and just Because like... it's more lucrative because the constant tension between chaos and order, like that is the play. The, the real play is not end times. It's my, what I'm starting to think, it's not about really bringing about the end of the world. Even maybe not, maybe not even bringing about the temple. Maybe they don't want the temple. What are they going to yeah. do when they get the temple back? It's not going to look good. Let me tell you, I know what happened in that other temple. If they're going to do that again, that's going to be a hard sell for a lot of people, I guess. Is all well, that's what I was saying. The, the only reason, they, they clearly have the power to do the full ethnic cleanse. I'm not exactly. saying kill, kill every Gazan, but just like <laughs> make it so untenable that they, they force them out. And right, basically right. the only well, where person- would they, That would require a place that would take them. Well, I think, I mean, I send them all into Europe. I think they would send them all into Europe, basically, is what I think they would do. They would just create a refugee. Libs would adopt them. (laughs) No, they would. That's what I'm saying. They're doing that with Ukrainians and shit. Oh my gosh. Like, I think they would just take, they would just create a refugee crisis like what happened with Syria. They would pour into Europe. It would be horrible. But I guess the only reason they don't do that because they probably could do that is like, it would just cause them a, it would be like ridiculously bad PR, for lack of a better word. <laughs> like, well, I mean, Israel is dependent <laughs> on its sponsors, right? I mean, Israel is dependent right. on the U.S. and and and, uh, and sometimes they'll say, "Oh, we don't need U.S." But I think that's bullshit. I think that's the plot. I think they they need U.S. power, and so yeah, I don't think yeah, if they just ex- you can't expel that many people into another place without just sowing chaos everywhere. I mean, I just don't understand what the end is then. They can't kill them all because that would be horrific. And that would obviously, I hope, would turn the world against them if they killed two million people. And um, I mean, again, right. taking it back to conspiracy land here, which, uh, you know, I don't know if we're all on the same page. But I mean, who's to say that sowing like widespread chaos isn't sort of the goal? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I mean that's know. what yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think they don't need they don't need to necessarily they don't need to necessarily resolve this. They just need to incrementally keep making it worse. The Gaza population, I imagine, is not like, I don't know what it used to be. The situation is, to me, I think it's about kind of that balance between chaos and order, because if they can constantly promise the, like, uh, you know, salvation from these, like, turbulent times, like, we can just get to peace, we can just get to that. Or, you know, like, I don't know, they can use that as a lure. They can keep people invested in this. Or having other people think it's going to be about the, you know, bringing about of the temple or the end times there's all these kind of like lures that they kind of hold over uh this whole mm-hmm. conflict and they've been the same ones for like 70 years and they just keep it's like lucy in the football they like keep moving it you know and like charlie brown they keep moving it and we like continue to invest and do the same but what drives me crazy about this situation the way reason i joke so like uh, violently about it is it's madness like it's the same thing for like forever right they've been doing the same thing forever yeah. there is not yeah. really fundamentally that much that has 
changed or budged in this situation. So it kind of is like, do they want to resolve it? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think they do. I, I mean, I think like Netanyahu and Likud definitely do want. But that's assuming they're in, I guess, in charge, you know, like truly yeah. in charge. Okay, you know? can I ask another stupid question? Can yeah. all, could they put all the Gazans like in the West Bank and just, they all, they all are under the Palestinian authority and that's, that's where they go now? Uh, I, I, well, then they would still be within. I think they want, I mean, Israel I'm, wants the West Bank too. <laughs> It oh, sounds okay. nice. It does yeah. sound nice. Because I was like, I was like, what if they just go? What if they just go there? Hamas doesn't get to lead anymore. The Palestinian Authority gets to lead. Well, how would they just by fiat make take power? They can't just take power from Hamas. I guess that's I mean, Hamas true. Is is uh, willing to fight as they've shown. So Jerusalem they, is actually they're in they're the West Bank, or like what? Jerusalem is actually in the West Bank, or like oh. directly abutting yeah. it sort of yeah look i'm just trying to think of solutions here i'm like we have a lot of we have a lot of land in america like, there well, be the, some... like the left-wing solution is just um what is uh like a one like everyone just lives can't we all get along and, loves each other. <laughs> yeah. um, and and israelis just magically give up the idea of needing a jewish state uh and palestinians stop hating jews and everyone lives together and sings kumbaya you know, um, I don't think that's really going to happen. I don't think I don't think left wingers are like wanting to kill Jews at all. Not at all. No. In fact, most no. I feel like of the Palestinian solidarity movement in the U.S. It's like Jewish Voice for Peace, right? Like Norman Finkelstein, the most outspoken pro-Palestine people in America are all Jewish. No, I actually don't. I mean, I agree with you, too. David. Like the whole. This is why I think the the tunnels was were an op is like. I don't think there's any thirst, any real thirst among any significant group of people to like actually kill Jewish people or like, oh. like I just don't even think that's, I, I've never encountered no. that even even in the most no. vehement, you know, anti-Israel people. I've never encountered people who feel, although I have encountered Israeli and Zionist people who who talk in much more bloodthirsty. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, murderous rhetoric, but I've never encountered it the other way. About and I'm, Arabs. About Arabs, yes. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I, I think people like Jews. They're, they're likable. Most people like <laughs> Jews when they're not, you know, like, like I'm just gonna be real. They're being a little extra, extra right now. And I think that's like, we all know they'll calm down. They, they, they happen sometimes, right? You get a little worked up. It's happening to me right now. But you know, they'll calm down and we'll get back to being like friendly with, the, the Jews is my belief because they are entertainers. Like I said before, they're, they're celebrities. They're, they're funny. They are likable people. They're welcoming, usually and gracious. Like, honestly, I think most Americans have a favorable impression of Jews, sure. but feel a little bit like between a hard rock and a hard place when they're being asked to support the policy of another nation that is literally not theirs and does nothing really like for everyday people, you know? I mean, at the end of the day, who's going to do your taxes if you get rid of all the Jews? <laughs> Okay. I, know. I, know. I only yeah. is it anti-Semitic to only want like a Jewish doctor and lawyer? I only want that. Like, is that make me an anti-Semite? I I guess so. It's kind of philo semite. We'd also smart, like yeah. think about all, all we would lose: Mila Kunis, Natalie Portman. You know, Scarlett Johansson. I found out was Jewish yesterday. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we'd lose a lot of hotties. You know. Yeah. 
Yeah, Sorry. no, I think, David's I, like yeah. having serious political <laughs> discussion, and I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, that's well, it's just right. I mean, I think it's usually it's about defending the indefensible, right? So if you if you just talk, keep it on the level of, well, we all like Jewish people, I love my Jewish friends. You know, then if you have if you have that discussion, that's you know that's that's where they want to keep it. So you don't start mm-hmm. thinking about questioning yeah. Gaza and mm-hmm. why we're spending so much money to destroy or Gaza ethno state. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, how I'm do you, like, how, how does yeah. everyone think it'll play into like all of this stuff? This is like beyond Houthis, just like the whole conflict. Like, yeah. How do you think it'll play into the? Um, I mean, like we're weirdly ramping up like election stuff now, which felt like that came out of nowhere, but it's obviously time. Like, how do you well, think, I think it would- the most interesting development is, um, I don't know, like it, as far as like right wingers who are all American first, do they just make an exception for Israel? Most of them do, but not all of them. Like Candace Owens whole thing conflict with Ben Shapiro I found that really interesting yeah I have to say I really I really admired her during that because I I kind of thought what happened with that I didn't see that well you you could describe it David you probably know more about it than me well uh so Candace Owens who's the uh you know um black anti-BLM pundit for um the Daily Wire which is I, I don't know if it's owned or is founded. Or, it is anyway, owned and founded by Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, right? Who is very, um, who's Jewish, <laughs> um, and very, 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 very pro-Israel. Um, and so they were having this public conflict because she was saying some things that were actually sympathetic to the Palestinians, and even saying things like, "Well, Nikki Haley, maybe she should run for president of Israel if she likes it so much, right? Like, why is she running for president of America?" <laughs> um, and which are just like obvious things to say except you're not supposed to say them right and so she was being accused of whatever well it is weird to say it was, it was, Nikki it, was Haley good, it was good since... optics too because she was like seven months pregnant i just want to say that and ben <laughs> shapiro was like going really intense and that's a that's a weapon women have you know what i mean like just to get pregnant so maybe well, she was like she was like heavily pregnant and ben shapiro was like shitting all over her and i just don't think it I don't know. I just think people had some empathy for her because of, you know, that. Anyway, well, what were you going to understand gonna... Shapiro's popularity, right? I mean, he just seems really annoying. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I definitely prefer Candace Owens. All the, I mean, I, you know, she's very anti-gay, which whatever, I don't take that personally. But Same. She's, you know, she's, she seems like a cool person in a lot of ways. I mean, but Shapiro just seems really annoying. So I, I don't know. It seemed like she won that uh, PR battle. I think she's smart. I don't. I don't dislike her at all. Yeah, I find Ben Shapiro utterly grating, and I don't. I don't know who Ben Shapiro's like fan base is. I really don't. But well, Some Candace think Owens, he's smart. Yeah, he's like a debate nerd. You know what I mean? Like the people who are like, oh, you get owned with facts and logic or whatever. But facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's the thing is like Candace Owens is more consistent as far as like not like rejecting the idea of like using your victimhood as like social capital whereas that that's what that's what ben shapiro always talks about too is everyone wants to be a victim Mm -hmm. and then but Mm -hmm. then as soon as there's an israel thing then it's 
you know he's the yeah he's exactly like victim, right yeah and right, she at least walks the walk like she doesn't you yeah. know she's not I mean, like I don't trying... know what, I mean, she's kind of retarded i don't want to sound like i'm a huge fan i mean she's just she goes to every pandering <laughs> Bullshit, retarded, conservative. I mean, point. she's so definitely like fan. she's definitely but, like an incredibly cynical person who right. saw an been, saw an opportunity to make a lot of money and like yeah. I'm not trying to pretend jumping. she's she's not some great philosopher. <laughs> We're or not something dealing like with that. like the Galileo of <laughs> 21st century. No, just, she she right. saw she saw a niche that hadn't been filled. Black lady who's right. <laughs> you know, so, but, yes. it's significant that even that someone like her could that i mean that shows some kind of shift right that that she would be like saying wait a second i like i rose to prominence as a member of this minority saying we need to stop playing the victim all the time and now you're telling me no i need to turn around and show deference to this mm -hmm. other victim cults i don't feel like i'm going to do that mm -hmm. so you know we've got to give her some props there yeah. <laughs> totally. No, I, I know. David's I like, feel... whoa, whoa, whoa. Too much Candace Owens love. <laughs> well, I will say for Ben Shapiro, like when it comes to him, I would. <laughs> cool house. Ben Shapiro can put oh. it in my spaghetti. -o. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I had to work in spaghetti. -o. I had it written down because I know it's uh, accused. It's like my least favorite thing. Milo or Milo Yiannopoulos. Oh, yeah. Were like, way back in the day, they were colleagues and they were like making mm -hmm. jokes about each other's appearances and like sexual jokes about each other. So they were like homies way back in the day. Obviously, <sighs> years to. I, my favorite Ben Shapiro thing is his sister. <laughs> I love classically Abby. Yeah, and I just think it's so funny that like she has these like huge <laughs> knockers and it's like this, this, this like random woman is just like memed into eternity because she's Ben Shapiro's sister and just happens to be like a double D cup. Like I just think it's- Is it's she just... a public figure on her own or is she sort just- of, yeah. She sort what of What is, is that thing yeah. she does, Full House? She does something- She has like a channel. I've seen some of her videos. I think it's like classically Abby. Or Libby or Abby, she goes by. She like I I watched one where she was yeah like with her husband watching. They were reviewing movies. I think it's just like a lifestyle. She's sort channel. of like a trad Jewish yeah yeah, like, yeah influencer yeah. yeah yeah like a Jap influencer yeah how to use the lights on Saturdays and whatnot you know like all the little life hacks. I don't think Jap is anti-Semitic. I mean listen, tons of girls I know. I have tons of Jewish girlfriends. <laughs> use the term job flippantly funnily laugh about it mm -hmm. i mean it's a it's a it's a thing people i don't know to me but it's is it like a, only only gays can say faggot is it like that or is it just like <laughs> i don't think so in the new york area i mean okay maybe i'm wrong i probably wouldn't say it in like a professional setting but like <laughs> in like in like in like social settings in the new york area making a joke about a jewish american princess is like not faux pas it doesn't seem at all Okay. It's like a pretty normal joke to make, but maybe it's because I'm in Tel Aviv part two. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, sure. like New York City and the Jewish in the New Jersey suburbs and Long Island are like, mm. you know, basically like Israel the sequel. So maybe it's like a little more <laughs> except common. safer for Jews, right? There's no Arabs running around trying to kill them all. Right? There's plenty of Arabs here too, so I don't. But they're not. Yeah, <laughs> they're upstanding citizens too. Uh, yeah. No, they were cheering during 9-11. Remember, that's what Trump said, told everyone. <laughs> well, that was actually Mossad. No, I don't know. 9-11 um, <laughs> was, yeah. 
<laughs> I wonder what I wonder what Trump's gonna like because obviously he's gonna be the nominee now, and I think very likely the president. And I'm like, I'm like so curious how everything is gonna shift again when he's back in. I, I just it's so hard it's so hard to imagine, but it's gonna be super weird, you know. Well, you saw he said something like the other Republican candidates, except for that um, Indian guy, uh, whatever his name is, Vivek, were all like outdoing themselves to suck. Israel's dick, and he mm-hmm, yeah. he said something that was like surprisingly even-handed in a way, right? He was like, "No group hates, as far as any conflict, there's no more hate from both sides than Israel Palestine." This right? was like, Trump. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Trump is actually pretty, like, at least as far as what he says, like, pretty anti-war. Yeah, he's very he's a Zionist. There's no non-Zionist yeah. candidate for U.S. president, but uh, he is. I think I know he like I don't know. Everyone thought he was going to be this like raging like nightmare last time. He was going to drop all these nuclear bombs, and he was like slapping ass with like Kim Jong Un and just like kind of <laughs> yeah. Israel. Like yeah. I mean, things were kind of chill in the Middle East to a degree. You know, like we yeah. were like I don't know. It was uh, he does seem kind of anti-war, and he's spending money. He doesn't like to spend money. Yeah. On yeah, well, other people's money. Kind of a yeah. miser, cheap. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I thought he was really bad on Israel, actually, because he moved. Remember the embassy thing? He, he, exa- the he embassy? does exactly what they want. It's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, so there's no real risk moved. there. Well, okay. So, so sorry to get back in this, but I, that was right, 2018. So that was when I was at my most left wing and following all this. And there was all those, like, they were vast majority were just completely unarmed people in Gaza walking towards their like confinement zone and just getting shot by IDF snipers, right? And like maimed and killed all on camera while Trump was celebrating the embassy opening in Jerusalem. And then, I mean, I just thought that was so grotesque. And then a few years later, October 7, people are like, the Palestinians need to give up violence, violence isn't acceptable, but all those same people were fine with them being shot, you know? So it's really not about violence or non-violence. It's just about the Palestinians by existing create this problem that won't go away, even when they're like completely peaceful. They, they, their existence is like an existential threat to the creation of a Jewish state, right? I wonder how much his daughter influences that whole Zionism thing, or if that I don't know, or if that's just how he feels. You mean because she's married to Kushner? Yeah. Well, she converted. She's too. Jewish. Yeah. Oh, she she did. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I, I wonder like if that. Slow. What's his name? Sheldon Adelstein. He has a lot of uh, investment, I think, from like from Israeli business partners i think or well yeah and, there, and there's that you know it's funny because i i loved that speech where that people tried to be like trump is so anti-semitic but he was in like some like <laughs> he gave some speech like private speech into a room full of bankers and he was, he was like they were mostly jewish and he got up and he was like the work with the secret recording they released was him being like Oh, and I know I got a lot of money lovers in here, right, fellas? <laughs> and, and like every, so and like the crowd, and the crowd just goes crazy, like like no booing, nothing, total cheers, loving it, laughing their asses off. And I remember they tried to release that to make it like everything they released about Trump and Melania like made them look better. Like when they tried to like smear Melania because she was like, I don't want to fucking decorate the White House for Christmas. I don't feel like doing that. They like, tried. They like tried. You know, everything they leaked about them always made them seem like cooler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? That's true. Well, yeah, I remember that. There was like a push to make 
Trump seem anti-Semitic, but that was really a stretch. Like they had to completely take certain speeches out of context and say, oh, he's actually talking about Jews here. But there was nothing. <laughs> they had to go and do a whole Charlottesville in order yeah, to the Charlottesville anything on Jews him, will not opinion. replace in, us. And then he, didn't, oh, yeah, yeah. he said there Trump, were bad Trump people for, on both sides or whatever. Yeah, he did say that. But I mean, Trump was like part of like the New York elite for decades. Like, right. There's no way he's, he's, he's probably the most pro-gay, pro-Jewish, pro-black. <laughs> like he is like probably the biggest slip of them all. Like honestly, like I, right. I don't know. Like four more years, right. it sounds like a dream. Sign me up. <laughs> he does. Just like he. It's so weird how people hyperbolize him because he does a genuine. I mean, like I don't know. I mean, he's chaotic, but he, he does seemingly like genuinely seem to like not really have an issue with like like any like spe special interest group really i don't know except for trans people he doesn't seem like trans people i don't even know there what I mean, there, what are you talking like, about best friends well, with when he like he like he like banned trans people from the military or whatever i think that was a misinterpretation of what he did i mean because like trans people require like special right he i guess i guess what he did was he said we're not gonna get pay like four hundred thousand dollars for every trans person <laughs> yeah, to get yes. botox yeah. <laughs> to, get, right. to get lip fillers before they before they head out right. of the battlefield <laughs> do you remember when Boob, boob jobs like in 2016 and uh right there was the shooting and that and it turned out it wasn't actually a gay hate crime at all it was just like random selected uh -huh. but it, it right. was portrayed as this gay hate crime and, if you listen to Trump's speeches at the time, he is so emphatic and heartfelt in like his love of the gay community. Like he's not kidding. And that's it's interesting how much these things shift because in 2016, it, I feel like that was part of his appeal. It was like, we're gonna crack down on Muslims because we love the gays, right? And then before October 7th, the Republican party was going in the opposite direction of being like, we need Muslims here to protect us from drag queens. Or, you know, and so there was like mm -hmm. this weird love of Muslims among Republicans that, of course, just evaporated immediately as soon as Israel got back in the news. But that, that was really growing for a while there. They were like, oh, these Muslims in Michigan want to shut down gender ideology in public schools. They did like that. Mm -hmm. They were yeah. like the based Muslims. They right. were doing that for a little mm -hmm. while. <laughs> that did go away really fast. That went away really fast as soon as Israel's in the news again. Oh, God, the drag queens. Christopher Rufo just released a new today, like a new uh, ten minute documentary about drag queen story hour, which I kind of cannot believe we're still talking about in two thousand four. <laughs> Not because I'm like pro it, I just can't believe it's like it's become such a like cultural. <sighs> It's like entrenched in our culture now. It's an American the tradition. The fear of drag queen story hour is entrenched. The fear, but, but but also like the insistence on like mm -hmm. every major city like has a drag queen story hour happening like every day. Like it's like it's just the insistence no, on both. Yeah, it's no, it's very like the funny masks, to me. That's right? No, I don't know. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's like the mask though. It's like symbiotic. The more people get angry about uh, a drag queen yes. story hour, the more important it becomes to have it. Yes. Every school must have one. Like, oh, they, you don't wear a mask, so I have to wear the mask like outside, like getting my groceries, whatever. Yeah. It's very it's like, like or, it's, or it's like the Houthis almost. It's like the more mm -hmm. it's attacked, the stronger. It is. Uh -huh. It's so. Uh -huh. It's so true. And then, on, then libs of TikTok got unfollowing because it's like all these teachers started started showing up, and they were like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to school and drag." <laughs> like, you know what I, I mean? Know. Like, Have any of you actually seen like a drag queen story hour in the wild? Though, like, are they actually happening? 
I don't. They, they are. Have, they they, they drag queen brunches for kids. Yeah, okay. yeah. They definitely do kid. They definitely do kid events. Like I know drag queens who have performed at events for kids. Okay. So I, I I know it does. It's not like a total. It's not a psyop. It's happening. Okay. I it, thought that the teacher in Canada was a hero though. The one who uh, got the breasts. That, that was were, like, so Ooh. funny. Such a that good struck me as a little unprofessional. <laughs> 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 I thought that guy was I don't know I don't know if he sh- I'm not sure if it, it was even real but it was so it was like that person should really like that person's better than Marina Abramovich like that is performance Seriously. art it's, it was amazing well, and it's also possible that he was actually like on Christopher Rufo's side and trying to make a point right about- right, oh, yeah, right I think so yeah, I think yeah, so yeah. definitely no it one ever clear out. at some point when <laughs> When he was going like skydiving and yes, stuff with like the giant of like grotesque like I feel fake like he tits. He never actually emerged to speak for himself. Like I don't think I ever saw him. I don't think so. No, no, he never. Really, he left it a mystery, but it, it was amazing. I loved it. I kind of want him to be Trump's VP. Do you guys have any? <laughs> do you guys have any predictions for Trump's VP? Like, I can't even imagine who it's going to be. They said it's going to be a New York politician. Cuomo? I don't know. I mean, that would be crazy, huh. right? Cuomo, what do you think no. of, uh, yeah, I mean, that was amazing how Trump crazy. triumphed so quickly. Santos? I mean, Could it be George Santos? That would be so be incredible. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't think that's, I, I mean, I don't think that that's possible, but I would love it. What if it's RFK Jr.? That, that would be interesting. He already said no. He made it really clear because uh, oh. he's a died in the wool Democrat. And he can't like. I don't know. He just he was very uh, explicit early on that he would not. Uh, they both not love Israel. Do you think they he's so Israel. pro-Israel because Mossad will kill the rest of his family <laughs> if, he, if he goes off script there? Well, my my Trump theory, and I think Poolhouse sort of agrees with me, but you could tell me if I'm wrong, Poolhouse. But I believe Trump was an anomaly in the sense of like, I think I think something happened in 2016 that like was off the script. Like I kind of really do believe that. And then I think that when Trump got in power, he couldn't like fire <laughs> all the bureaucrats right. and stuff because they were like, we will fucking kill you. <laughs> like we will right. we will assassinate you. <laughs> So I kind of do believe a little bit that there was something genuine about his like weird mm. rise. And I think you kind of agree with that pool house a little I, bit, right? I do. I think it's it's hard to say for sure, I guess, you know, but it, it feels time wars coded to me. Donald Trump is a time traveler. Like he has the time traveling like Tesla ring. I don't know, like you can look into it. He was he was predicted in like 1901 in this children's book. I'm telling you, this sounds crazy, but uh, there's an element of uh, mystery to his uh, his mystique you know like he is like a kind of archetypal figure and kind of powerful uh there was a lot of meme magic going on in 2016 people were kind of experimenting online with kind of like a it's like chaos magic like pepe the frog kind of right. agenda and that i mean maybe they they were defeated there's also okay i will say there is a, a plausible thing where it's just like maybe it was just too much heat to bring hillary at the last minute they're like we cannot it's too, much, it's too expensive to keep killing all these people it's like let's just <laughs> not have her be the president you know uh or yes it's just some kind of last or or the one thing that trump, one thing donald trump did really well was kind of prime all these libs to kind of forsake all their values so when covid did come along yes. they were able to kind of manipulate right. them so easily to get all, all go away go along with all these kind of uh things they normally would have protested so, so the fear of fascism know. became the fascism it, like the resistance of fascism yeah the fascism. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's a great I mean, you know 
if it was if it was not planned the the deep state at all certainly used it to their advantage to an an incredible degree (laughs) i will say yeah what we yeah I was going to say, we do know that Obama did, they had meetings in the White House in 2017, right before they left. They did put into place an entire like apparatus to fuck with that presidency. So it does, uh, that does kind of bode well for the idea that it was genuine. Sorry, David. Well, so four years ago when he was like rising, or no, not four years, damn, eight years Like a hundred. I remember feeling like distress over it, like this psychological distress. But now I'm actually on the other side of it and I actually just feel happy for his supporters because he makes them so happy like so many people are so <laughs> yeah. happy how many times do you see this kind of happiness uh, and like I like I don't I'm not one of these people who feels schadenfreude like I don't get any pleasure from the distress of libs and that they're like my friends and family so I actually feel kind of bad for them but I'm mostly just like why not just focus on the positive and the fact that he makes so many people happy yeah, you know, that's kind and, of and who can now. really who who can you say that about like any other politician, right? Like no maybe one really Obama. like loves maybe Biden, Obama. right? Yeah, Obama maybe yeah. at the time, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first Obama term, he made a lot of people really happy, I think. I think there was a joyous, you know, element to his Hope rise change. or whatever. I posted mm-hmm. something like that on Twitter last night and someone was like, oh, if you're okay with personality cults, I guess that's true. <laughs> but it's just like, whatever. It's just like, people are happy. And yeah. just, why not? Why begrudge them that if they're feeling happy? I mean, every, every president has essentially been a personality cult, except until Biden, weirdly. Biden does not really have a personality cult. Like, he's not cool. He doesn't make anyone happy. And it's sad because when he was VP, he did kind of have some cred. People were like, oh, Biden. Uncle like, Joe or whatever. Yeah, yeah. goofball. He smells all those little girls' hair. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it's so cute. Yeah. Well, he declined <laughs> cognitively, like, a massive amount since then. Yeah, I think that's no, part of it. But isn't even that charming? Like, he's just, like, you're senile. I don't know. So why don't people find that charming? Just like a... Well, I think they want to believe that, like, the president is actually, like, important and, like, in charge of things. <laughs> right. And so right, 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 right. it's right. hard to My sustain is, that illusion. I don't feel like it's going to make much material difference who's president in people's lives, but it's going to no. make a big mm-hmm. psychological difference mm-hmm. for a lot yes. of people. And probably not for me. I'm trying not to, yeah. And probably Trump would, I think like the psychological mood in the country weirdly would probably be better with Trump in. Mm -hmm. I I just, I don't want libs to do another COVID though. I mean, that's. They're they're not happy anyway, David. They're not happy anyway. So you might as well give them something to focus their time and energy on because they're just. I know. I I am. I kind of agree with David though too about like, I don't want another Jan 6 thing to happen where we have to deal with that, you know, but I mean, I'd rather have Trump than anyone else. but god i mean another biden term i don't when are they gonna mm-hmm. announce that da- that he died that's what i'm like at some point <laughs> they have to like give it up you know uh, kamala come on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, wait what happened to k-hive you guys what happened i to feel K-Hive? a little bad for kamala because like she really just like i i mean she's really just gone through the yeah i love it i love her now. i like her too I just, she seems like you're kind of like zanned out wine aunt, but yeah, it's just 100%. like it's it's like she's just sort of like 
I feel like they've just, they really fucked her over. <laughs> like, she's never going to be president. Like, really went poorly for her. Kind of like Mike Pence, you know? It's like, well, he'll what, never be president hmm. either. What do you guys think of, so I, I'll admit, I was at a certain point sympathetic to DeSantis. Um, and I, to this day, know friends from COVID Twitter who actually went to Iowa to volunteer for DeSantis, wow. like, a couple of weeks ago. Like, still really thought he could win because of that. He can't win, but I did. No, I mean, I mean he, he was the only battle. politician yeah. who has basically outright, like, said, like, the vax is bad and, like, people shouldn't mm-hmm. take it. Yeah. So I respect that. Friend of the pod, Cassandra, said she, she felt really proud when she voted for uh, DeSantis, like, as the governor in Florida when she was living there because she was oh, like. Okay. Because she was like, she was very anti-COVID and she was like, he was the only one who was, mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of pride in Florida for DeSantis, but he couldn't I mean, some it. other politicians, like even Trump, I guess, were like anti-mandate or whatever, you know, like they didn't think that you should have a vaccine mandate. But DeSantis, to my knowledge, is the only one who's really like, came out as like, no, like you shouldn't take this shit, you know? <laughs> Well, actually, I mean, he was he was prioritizing it for elders, but early on at least. But, early on, you know, but I don't, yeah, I don't think Trump was good at COVID at all. No, honestly. he was no, <laughs> no. I mean, they, they I mean, did I liked, it on him. I liked the whole I mean, yeah, <laughs> I liked the money sort of, but yeah, no. <laughs> I liked, the, but yeah, but that and it I mean, wasn't even it wasn't even that much money, but <laughs> oh yeah, 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 the, yeah. Wasn't that much money at all compared to all the other money he was pumping out to all the institution, the financial institutions and the hospitals and everything. And that's what brought us to this insane inflation. That yeah, we have he now. definitely is the one who made Chipotle $19 now. Yeah. <laughs> oh it was God. definitely Trump caused that. Uh, Congress was there too. The Democrats, I believe, had control of the Congress, but I, or maybe not. I don't remember who did, it but it was... Yeah. Well, CARES Act, though, it, all that stuff, COVID, CARES Act, all those things happen in every country, in the at least in the Five Eyes, right? All these very similar protocols came, all these Chinese-style things just suddenly became acceptable, right? And it's like, it, it did have, he's definitely culpable for, to a degree, but I also see COVID in some ways as something that was done to him, like it was done to us. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't know, he could have had a better team, he could have had, well, actually, and he did, I, I, I want to get into all of it. There was a lot of interesting stories that have come out from some of the people uh, who were, you know, in that White House uh, advising him. There, there was a lot of conflict between, you know, the executive function, like the like the Fauci's, the CDC, those people, and Mike Pence's office who were supporting those people, and some of the doctors that right. Donald Trump was Pence listening was to. really far in, yeah. Yeah, I, they're all fun. I, um, I talked to Dave Bhattacharya about his time advising Trump. No, that's oh, awesome. interesting. No, it's incredible. He, well, he, I'm not revealing anything. He said this publicly. Um, he said um, Trump completely believed like the imperial model that, uh, that you know, millions of people are going to die. He's going to kill everyone. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, so Bhattacharya, who's, I mean, I think Bhattacharya is a great guy. I adore Jay Bhattacharya. Um, he did say that, like, DeSantis was actually reading stuff and looking into it. And Trump mm-hmm. was just like, okay, experts say, mm-hmm. gotta do this. So just like, I don't think Trump is a terribly 
intellectually curious. No. no. <laughs> he gets everything from TV. That's what makes yeah. sense. Like, he fell for it because he's like the primary. He's like, I mean, they were reaching him through Fox News at one point and like, and MEC. I feel like they right. were doing these ops on like Morning Joe to get him to do the opposite thing. It was like, uh-huh. I, I really think a lot of crazy stuff happened. So that totally tracks. I do believe that DeSantis was better on it and probably more engaged and probably more confident. As, like, but I think that's I wouldn't be shocked if Trump has never read a book to, oh, to, well, to, to, to completion. Know. Maybe to not. completion, like Tony Maybe. Robbins, even though I feel like he's definitely read like I don't know <laughs> something kind of like in that that sphere. He did write the art of the team. He's written books. Yeah, I mean, I don't books. think he has the attention span for it. I think Twitter is more his speed. Mm-hmm. Many masterpieces. Oh, I think he's there. read like fifty pages of a lot of books. I just don't think he's hit that back cover very often. But in a way, like the fact that so in, in a certain sense, like my own beliefs on some things, certainly not in Israel, but on some things would make like, oh, DeSantis should win because he showed leadership. But then at the same time, I also feel vaguely reassured that the Republican pace isn't really all that ideological. Like they just want to feel good by voting for Trump, you know? So I don't feel like it's really about all this bitter acrimony. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's just like a feel good vote. I feel like that's what's going on. They're I just, think that's yeah. how it was in 2016. And they tried to paint the Trump rallies as like these Nazi Norbert. hate rallies. And they were right. fucking, it was kooky QAnon. And like, it was QAnon shaman. It was like, that was the vibe, you know? It was not right. January, like, well, it was January 6th, a circus, you know? Right. Trump would just, like, talk about how he liked old movies, right, and the crowd would cheer. Like, it wasn't actually all that. Well, I think... And he would say, like, lock her up! (laughs) (laughs) In a way, though, Trump also... he would say, like, really nice things about, like, gay people. Like, those beautiful Mm -hmm. people in Orlando. Just, like, really Mm -hmm. sweet things. Yeah, and I mean, Hillary is a war criminal, so... I mean, he wasn't wrong. I mean, and a murderer, so... We have to get off soon, but I I was sending into our group ch- our group chat that like that crazy case of the Haitian uh, children that those people were abducting oh and how the Clintons God. got them all off. Yeah. I was like, how is so this much shit people? like that? So much. I was like, that is mm-hmm. crazy. They had forty Haitian orphans just in this bus, and the <laughs> like none of them were actually orphans. <laughs> like they all had parents. <laughs> It was bad. And the Clintons totally came in and were like, no, 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 pardon, pardon, pardon them out. They're good. Even going back to Arkansas, like they're insanely mm-hmm. shady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clinton crime list. Well, guys, we've made it over an hour and a half and I have, I have, I think I'm the time zone that's in the roughest spot. So are we, are we cool with calling it? Yeah. Good about that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, fun. thank you. Pool house. Thank you, yeah, David. Thanks, we recommend thank all their you. work. Yeah. And oh, it's uh, a pleasure. All right. They'll be back and we'll be back. Bye, guys. Take care, guys.